From the Financial Times in London, I'm Malcolm Moore and this is FT News. Why did Britain's Prime Minister Theresa May call a general election? I'm UK News Editor Malcolm Moore. Joining me now is political columnist Miranda Green and FT.com editor Robert Shrimsley. So, Miranda, why the surprise election? Well, it seems as if Theresa May can resist everything except temptation because the opinion polls are so hugely in the Conservatives' favour right now that this opportunity to hold an election and win a landslide probably won't come again. She's on 44% in the polls, in the voting intention polls, and the Labour Party are down at 23. Lib Dem slightly resurgent at 12, but not too much to worry her there. And UKIP is in a very weak position as well. So it's an incredible moment to secure a definitive mandate for her Brexit plan and to see off everyone else. Right. Robert, the pressure for an election has been building for some time, even though they've said that they were not going to do one. What do you think might have been a trigger or anything that suddenly changed her mind outside of the polls? Well, I mean, I think and Miranda's clearly completely right. There is only one reason why a prime minister calls an election midterm. Only one reason, whatever they say. And that is because they think they're going to win well. This is the only reason why a prime minister ever does it. And that's why Theresa May has done it. Now, you can add in other factors. She can say, I have delivered on the people's will by triggering Article 50. Brexit is now happening. I did what you asked me to do. Now I need your mandate for the negotiations. She's looking at the opinion polls, and Labour looks to be an utter meltdown, total disarray. UKIP, which once worried the Conservatives, is nowhere. Mm. The only thing that I think would worry her at all are those places in Remain strongholds where the Lib Dems already have a foothold. Actually, some places I live in, south-west London, where they'll be looking and thinking, you know, those seats look a bit worrying. Miranda, is this an opportunity to exit Brexit via the Lib Dems? Well, it's clear that the Lib Dems will pick up a lot of die-hard Remain voters. And as Robert was saying, those will be quite interesting fights in those Remain strongholds in towns and cities. But that will not change the government of the country because it will be a strengthened Conservative government and it will be a government dead set on the Brexit plan of Theresa May. So it won't change the nation's fate, although there is now a home for people who feel strongly opposed to Brexit because the Labour Party has had this terrible situation where it hasn't really known which way to jump on Brexit. You know, Jeremy Corbyn whipped his MPs through the lobbies to back triggering Article 50, but a lot of the membership are still pro-European. Uh, they don't know which way to jump on the core issue of immigration should they harden their line on immigration or imply that they will welcome all comers. So it is a great opportunity for the Lib Dems, but fundamentally, as Robert rightly says, this is an election about one thing only, which is increasing Conservative power to push through Theresa May's own agenda. And you have to assume that Theresa May's calculation is whatever she loses to the Lib Dems, she's more than going to make up for in taking seats from the Labour Party. Labour has 80 seats where it has a majority of 50% or higher, it's fractionally less than 80. So it has 80 seats where you would say it's very hard to see them losing that. Mm -hmm. After that, with the wrong leader, with the current place they are in the opinion polls, it could be really, really bloody. And if Theresa May can pick up 50, 60, 70 seats, that's certainly entirely plausible given the opinion poll lead at the moment. We're talking three-figure majority territory. At this point, we should just clarify that because of the Fixed-Term Parliament Act, she's going to have to put it to a vote in the Commons tomorrow. And presumably there are going to be a lot of MPs who are going to be very nervous about voting this through because they you know, may well lose their seats. How do you think it's going to play out? Jeremy Corbyn has actually said consistently that he would facilitate an early general election. 
Obviously, the SNP also are in a very strong position against Labour there, so I don't think there'll be any problem getting it through. Does it interfere with the Brexit timetable at all, Robert? Um, assuming that the Conservatives win, not meaningfully, the European Commission was not going to formulate its policy positions and its first response for a few weeks yet. Does it add a few weeks? Possibly. On the other hand, if she comes back stronger and with greater ability to do what she wants, then I don't think it makes a lot of difference. How do you think it's going to go down in Brussels and across Europe? Well, it's a really good question, actually. Already this morning, some people have been saying, let's hope the Brits haven't made the same mistake as in Greece, where they thought that having a stronger mandate from your domestic electorate gives you more bargaining power in Brussels, because it really doesn't work like that. You know, there's already a referendum result in place. I mean, it's true the referendum was narrow, but I don't think it's about that. I think, as Robert originally said, this is about her domestic position and shoring up her ability to carry through the the Theresa May programme. I mean, let's not forget, at the moment, they have got a very narrow majority. So there have been some really squeaky votes on all sorts of things, not on Brexit, it has to be said, Mm. but on other domestic policy issues where they do have rebels on their own backbenchers. I'm also not sure they'll be particularly bothered in Brussels because if you're going into negotiations you want a partner who's who's clear and relatively firm in their position and a re-enhanced Theresa May will be. Actually I mean one thing that is worth pointing out is that presumably one outcome is that she'll have a bigger majority she won't actually be in hock to the hard right of her party to the same extent she may be able to craft a Brexit that is slightly softer. I mean there is that argument I think there are two arguments that run against that one is that the Conservative Party is largely a pro-Brexit party so whoever is returned it's likely to be roughly the same Conservative Party just more people of the same view secondly as our columnist Janan Ganesh argued overnight that presumes that Theresa May isn't basically largely hard Brexit to herself and the evidence is beginning to suggest that she is so I would be surprised if we saw a wildly different negotiating strategy. I think that's absolutely right. I mean, people inside the Conservative Party of that pro-European moderate bent have all almost been sort of excised yeah. from the, mm. the, the Conservative Parliamentary Party. And actually, to get selected as a Conservative candidate these days, you really have to appeal to the Eurosceptic grassroots. So right. new incoming Tory MPs, where they win against Labour, are very, very likely to be Eurosceptic. Right. What are the implications for Scotland? I don't think it will change the dynamics in Scotland all that much. My bet, without having been up there yet or having got any direct view of this, my bet is that the SNP will emerge from these elections roughly where they are now, give or take a seat or two. I think they will still be the dominant force from Scotland in Westminster politics. So I don't think they will be meaningfully weakened in their demands. That would be my guess. Okay. Just on Brexit, there is something Hmm. else... It's worth noting, which is that from the referendum until now, the Conservative position has been the public has spoken Mm. on Brexit and we're doing it. One sort of grace note to Theresa May's decision to change her mind this morning, and it is a big change of her position because she was promised no early general election, is actually that she's kind of tacitly admitting that there is a further question for the public to answer in what type of Brexit they want. Mm. So in a sense, it could open up the debate don't think the result's particularly in question, but it could open up the debate about what sort of Brexit we've gone for. And I do think, although we've talked overwhelmingly about Europe, the Conservatives were getting increasingly boxed in by the manifesto that they won the last election on. You know, we saw the shambles in the budget over national insurance contributions. That was a shambles primarily because 
of a manifesto commitment that Theresa May hadn't made herself but had signed up to. And I think it is clear that they could give themselves quite a lot of wiggle room. You know, there's lots of tax commitments that the Conservative Party has made, which if it's very confident of victory, it might feel like blurring so that it can give itself the wiggle room it needs to do other things. Well, and famously, the 2015 Conservative Manifesto said they wanted to keep the UK inside the single market. (laughs) But also, they're doing very controversial things on education policy, for example. They could free themselves up and get a mandate on that. So actually, this election is much larger than Brexit. What other issues do you think could feed in? I mean, the sort of time frame that we have, what could become big issues during the campaign, do you think, Robert? NHS is always an issue. Whether the Labour Party can put together a coherent package and message on it to do anything more than become a receptacle for anger over the NHS, I'm not sure. Depending on how the Conservatives choose to play it, I would have thought benefit payments to the elderly is a central domestic issue. One of the biggest problems the Conservatives have in terms of room for manoeuvre is the triple lock on pensions, the commitments on benefits many of which independent observers say are far too generous to frequently quite wealthy pensioners. I think buying themselves room to tamper with those would be controversial, and it's possible that Theresa May won't want to take the risk, but it is an area where governments need to untie their hands a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised on that. There's all the areas where they have previously publicly committed to maintaining expenditure on certain departments. Mm. Again, if they're very confident, they might want to give themselves wiggle room on that too. Yes, that's true. Under the coalition government, spending was ring-fenced quite Mm. generously across some departments, so it'll be gradually getting out of that, I expect. Turning back to Labour, what do you think the Labour strategy should be, Miranda? Well, it's very interesting. I think that there will be some people on the moderate wing of the Labour Party who want to see the Corbynite, hard-left version of Labour killed off. Mm. And so they might be quite pleased that they don't have to wait till 2020 to see a catastrophic Labour defeat because they'll be hoping that they can put the party back together in some sort of more centrist image after this June 8th election. But they could be cheering too soon because actually a lot of the seats that Labour is probably going to lose belong to moderate MPs and actually it's the parliamentary Labour Party that's remained quite centrist apart from the people Mm. around Corbyn Mm. whilst the membership are very much more left wing now in the country. So I think that may be the most interesting part of this general election campaign is watching Labour fortunes. I mean the fundamental problem that the Labour Party has is that in a general election one of the two things that the public really really focus on is do I see this man or woman as Prime Minister? And everything we are hearing, everything we see in the polls, suggests that the public simply does not see Jeremy Corbyn as leadership material. And I think it's very hard for them to get past that, even if they have a message that might resonate. The fact that Jeremy Corbyn is delivering this message will mean that they don't work. And I think if the polls are right, we are going to be looking at a really, really badly thwacked Labour Party, unfortunately for the moderates, as Miranda says, it will be even more in the hands of the people who are loyal to the Corbyn project, who will of course see no reason why it's their fault that they have lost. It'll be the fault of the media, it'll be the right-wing Blairites who provoke splits. They will never own this defeat. So it will still be the case that Labour moderates and centrists are going to have to face a decision as to whether they're prepared to commit to a realignment of politics and jump ship. And I think the problem that we see in other countries the problem for Jeremy Corbyn is not necessarily that his fairly left-wing politics are deeply unpopular and can't bring him victory. I, I think that's true, but I don't think that's the fundamental... The problem is he's not very good, mm. and he's yes. not very good at selling the case. So even if the message had resonance, the messenger lets them down. I think that's a major problem. 
Okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Robert. Thank you, Miranda. Thank you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.